You're listening to a United City, the official Peterborough United podcast. Hello and welcome to the third episode of our official podcast, A United City. My name is Phil Adlam. And if you've missed any of our previous episodes featuring manager Darren Ferguson and midfielder George Boyd, you can still download them. But what can you expect in this episode? We have an interview with club legend Tommy Robson. We have another legend in the studio and we have a chat with club captain Mark Beavers. Let's introduce our guest in the studio with me. As a player, he was lethal in front of goal, a firm fan's favourite and went on to play in the Premier League. Now he's part of Darren Ferguson's coaching staff and is just as loud now as he was all those years ago. A big welcome to Aaron McLean. Hi there. So let's tell you what's coming up in today's podcast. We find out just how much posh knowledge Aaron has in a new feature called Missing Players. We chat with defender Mark Beavers about the Cheesecake Factory and discover just who he would invite to a dinner party as we attempt to bring our Come Dine With Me feature in the matchday programme to life. And we speak with Tommy Robson following the sad news that he's been diagnosed with motor neuron disease and what is being done to help him and his family through the wider community of Peterborough. Not only that, but we also find out the answer to a killer question posed to Aaron. More on that a little bit later. But Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me. I know you've been looking forward to this immensely all week. Um, Obviously, you're now on the coaching staff at Peterborough United. Um, how are you finding it? Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, it's it's totally different to to being here as a player. But you know, every day I enjoy coming in and looking forward to work. Look forward to working with the players. And yeah, you know, I'm 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 loving it. Does it feel a little bit weird being back? I know when you first came back as a as as a, as a part of the coaching staff, it must have felt a little bit weird, given the fact you you kind of gone full circle. Yeah, at the beginning it did. At the beginning, it felt a little bit weird being back. And, you know, I always knew that I'd be back at Peterborough in some capacity um, after I'd, I'd finished playing. Um, I didn't expect it to be so soon. And I definitely didn't expect it to be, you know, back working with with the gaffer and with Strax, with Tar. So, yeah, it's that side of it was a little bit weird at the beginning. But, yeah, it's, it's like we've been doing it for years now. And, you know, I enjoy, enjoy coming in every day. And as someone who is described as a legend, both by me in the intro, but also by supporters as well, does that sometimes add a little bit more pressure when you're coming back into a different environment? Obviously, you're a huge success as a player at the football club. Was there anything in your mind suggesting, well, maybe it's not the ideal starting point given your legendary status as a player to go into coaching? If anything, it was the opposite. You know, I felt that coming back to Peterborough and especially working with with the gaffer, you know, he was, for me, the best manager I ever worked, worked under. He knew how to get the best out of me, and and he was as a as a player. His teams are the teams that that I most enjoyed playing in. So, you know, coming back and and working with him and and working with Strax, there was never a point where I was thinking, you know, is is this the right move or not? Yeah, quite the opposite. You know, I was, it was just pure excitement and and looking forward to coming in and and learning from those those individuals, and and that's what I'm that's what I'm doing and. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity at the same time. And I guess just finally before we move on, I, I guess when you when you come back to a club that you know so many people at, that bedding in period doesn't take very long at all because you know everything about both the football club and the community. Yeah, and the thing is, even even when I left Peterborough, I still had a good connection with with everyone at the club, and I'd still come come and watch games, and you know, so I, those relationships never really 
never really stopped. So when I when I officially came back, it was just you know just continued as as normal. And the club's got great people here. You know this. There's a reason why myself, Mikel Smith, George Boyd, the Gaffer, Strax, Tiles. You know, there's a reason why people gravitate back to to this club because the people here are, are amazing people, and you know they're the kind of people that you you want to be around. So to be back here working working in that environment day in day out is is perfect for me. And, and you know, at the moment, there's there's definitely no place I'd, I'd rather be. Okay, well, as many of you know, club legend Tommy Robson has recently been diagnosed with motor neuron disease and there's quite rightly been an outpouring of well wishes from supporters across the city. Uh, A couple of weeks back, I had a chat with Tommy following the diagnosis to find out a little bit more. And obviously he was very stunned by the well wishes he's received. So let's listen to Tommy uh, go through a little bit about his diagnosis. Well, Tommy, just um, talk us through um, the last couple of weeks. How did you find out about the diagnosis? Um, it's, it's well. It's not just a, a couple of weeks, Phil. It's it's been months now, you know, about four or five months. I started off with cramps in my hand, and my fingers would lock uh, in in a position. I would have to peel them open, and the pain was quite heavy. And then I started getting cramps in my legs and in bits and pieces. And you you run it off. You think, oh, I'm just tired. Or uh, you know, my wife said, oh, you don't drink enough water. And that this leads to cramps. So you put that off and put that off. And then all of a sudden, it started to get a bit worse. And I started to get these pains up the back of my neck, into my head. And they were excruciating. Terrible, terrible. So we went down to the doctors and they examined me. And then I went back again and examined me. And then I went to a specialist. And she says, right, I'm sending you down to Cambridge. I need to get you looked at and the stick pins in you and whatever and all the rest of it and then I went back to see her and she says by then funnily enough Phil we sort of half realised what was happening uh, we, my, my wife was good at reading up on things and uh, it, it sort of was coming clearer to us and then when I went to see her after she had all the results and she said, I'm ever sorry to tell you and to be the one to tell you. And she's so lovely. And uh, she said, but we greatly believe it's motor neuron disease. She says the way your muscles have shrank, which they have, uh, because obviously being an ex-player, we have good muscle tone and they've just gone in my arms, you know. And my, my hands are strong, still strong. Um, but the muscles of my arms have gone and I still get the cramps and all the rest of it. So uh, uh, that was it. And it was <laughs> The thing is, Phil, and I suppose people might relate to this, is that when you think things, it's not too bad. But when you get told, that then, then hits you and you realise you know, what you've been thinking. You ain't thinking it anymore. You know it. You know what's up. And, uh, and of course, you have to get over it. I mean, my son lives in Brighton, my daughter lives in Whittlesey, and we all got here and got together. And I, I, I don't mind telling people, we all sat there and we all had a good cry. We just brought it out into the open and said, look, this is what's going to happen in a few years. Can't do anything about it. You know, I'll go, I can't get any better. I can only get worse which means that my legs will get it, I'll end up in a wheelchair and uh, 
things go on from there, which I don't want to talk about in a minute. Um, but at the moment, you know, I can I can do most things. Well, nearly everything at the minute. A little bit awkward at times, and um, like I've said to to Bob, uh, Bob Sims, and the chairman and whatever. Uh, as long as I don't get too bad, I'd like to come and still do the hospitality. And they're behind me 100%. And said, look, the choice will be yours when you leave. When you stop doing the job, that will be your choice, not ours. Which is absolutely brilliant of the club. And I really appreciate the chairman's words on that. So, uh, so we go from there. Yeah, I mean, as you say, you can try and fight it or you can accept it. And, and, and I guess it's a bit of both, isn't it? You, you want to be as strong as you possibly can. It's, it's a difficult one, Phil, because it's, you can't fight it. You can fight and you can stay here as long as you possibly can, but you can't win. You cannot win, not at the moment. They are working on it and there's several footballers got it. I'm not the only one. Believe me, I mean, my son sort of has looked on the internet and there's three or four players who are either have died from it or are fighting it. And uh, I'm going to be one that fights it. And if I can help anybody along the way. It's funny, I've got, on the 30th of this month, I've got to do a, a talk to the Alzheimer's, the people who have Alzheimer's. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that because I can, I can relate to them now, really relate to them. I mean, with, with my illness. And, uh, you know, we'll be there as one and we'll support each other. Have you, you say you've, you've found out a little bit more about the disease. Obviously, you've talked about the, the players that have had it. Is it a case of doing as much research as you possibly can so you can prepare as best you can? I think you do. I think you do. I mean, a lot of people I have heard about, um, a lot of people's wrong because it's not... I think that... The, uh, the statistics were two in every 100,000 people get it, which is, I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't really be proud that I'm two out of 100,000 people. But, um, you know, and it, it's just you go on and you, you just try and relate to it the best you can. Obviously, you've had a lot of well wishes from supporters across social media, across in person, and that must be really heartwarming to know that so many people care about you. Oh, it, it, the word is fabulous to open your phone up and it just flashes in there. All these names of, of people that you don't even know, you know, or you, you know them, but you don't know the names, you know. And it was, it was amazing how, how quickly it gets out in the social media. And uh, so grateful, some of the, some of the comments are, are fabulous. You know, we've watched you for years, we've grown up with you playing and all the rest of it. And, you know, my son started playing football after watching you. And, you know, they're brilliant comments, Phil. And, and it just makes it, you know, well, it's worth while you've been alive. You've, you've done a little bit for people, you know, and, and I absolutely, I'm chuffed about that. That was club legend Tommy Robson speaking to me a couple of weeks ago following his diagnosis with motor neuron disease. Um, Aaron Clean's still in the studio with me. Aaron, Tommy's someone that obviously you know well from your first spell at the football club and he and he is someone that epitomises what the football club is all about. Yeah, listen, I've known Tommy for, for a long, long time and the first thing, when you meet Tommy, the first thing you think is what an amazing, amazing individual. What an amazing man. You know, he's the friendliest person you could you could ever hope to meet. And, you know, he's always got time to, to stop and have a chat with you. 
Yeah, and I, th- I think the, the the thing with it when when he was brave enough to obviously come out with his diagnosis because. You know, you, you never put yourself into people's situations, but it must have been very, very hard to admit that publicly for the first time. Obviously, there's been a lot of outpouring of emotion, as I've said, from supporters, and he's been speaking about the, uh, you know, how it's been affected him. But the fact he wants to carry on working at the football club also says a lot about him, doesn't it? That he wants to keep giving back. Most definitely. You know, he's and he's always been like that. Ever since I've known him, he's always been like that. He always he cares more about how other people are than how he's himself and you know the fact that he still wants to come and do the hospitality and you know continue working you know it just it just says everything about the man and I can't speak highly enough of him you know it's 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 sad for everyone that what's happening to him and you know I I wish him all the best you know hopefully that something does happen where he can he can start to get better but listen I'm, I'm sure that everyone that knows him will make sure that Whatever happens, you know these these next few years, you know we'll we'll really show him how much he how much he means to us because, you know he's he's been a he's been a big part of of a lot of people's lives and and he's made a lot of people's lives better and and we can't be anything but grateful for that. And speaking to manager Darren Ferguson, there's a lot of plans moving forward. There's going to be a, a game held um, sometime next year. They're looking to do a sportsman's dinner. Obviously, the supporters are already rallying around. There's various events with money being raised for Tommy and his family. Um, he's doing a speaking engagement on uh, on Monday the 30th um, of September as well, where he's going to be doing a talk to senior citizens. Um, and there's going to be an auction of players' memorabilia, which is all, all from past and present footballers, with all money going to towards his care so um, hopefully as I say we can do as much as we can uh, as a community for Tommy because he has as you say made such an impact on on everybody at the football club and community is very much what it's all about because you know as someone as a player you were one of the go-to kind of guys within the first team squad of getting out there and, and supporting local causes and, and that means a lot to you as well doesn't it Aaron? Yeah you know I've always been a, a believer in don't wait to be affected to to want to make a change and and to want to help and you know I don't know if that's I think maybe that's just something that I've has been passed on to me through through my family background you know I just I've always been a person that if I can help someone I I want to help them you know if it's if it's a charity if it's a homeless if you know whatever it is I I always want to put my name forward and and try and help if I can and the pos- position that I've been put in as a footballer and obviously in the football circle, obviously I, I'm in a better position than than a lot of a lot of others to to be able to help. So, you know, I didn't want that to, I didn't want to waste that. I wanted to make sure that whilst I've got that platform to to help people, I try and do it as much as possible, and and hopefully that helps to influence other people to help. And you know, I think that's as a society that's. That's the only way we can really, really make progress in in so many different areas is the people with the voices use those voices in a positive way and you know try and try and influence others. Yeah, and sometimes you can you can go to players and say, "Oh, what about this? Can you do this?" It's very rare that people come to you with ideas. Um, you've been speaking to me over the last couple of weeks about an idea that you've got. We're not going to go into too much detail on, on on this podcast, but it is something that you're at the forefront of, and you want to drive that change. And as I say, sometimes that's very rare that you find that in footballers. Do you think that's something that, as I say, you you hope can inspire others to do as well? Hopefully, that's the plan. You know. I'm... Not to sound old, but I look at social media and I, I, it's such a, a big platform. And 
I see it used for so many negative things and, and for so much stupidness. And I think if we're going to use it and use it properly, why not use it for, for positive, you know, to, to make change and, and to help those that are, are less fortunate than ourselves. And, you know, I've, I've come up with, with something that I'd, I'm going to, you know, put into action, obviously, as we've been speaking. And, you know, over the next few weeks, everyone will find out what that is. And, you know, I'm hoping that it, it kind of catches fire and and really starts to, to make a change. And like I say, it's, it's, it's not anything that I've been affected by directly, but, you know, I'm sure that somewhere along the line, everyone knows someone that's been affected by it. And if we can help, then then I think this... We owe it to we owe it to ourselves and to to everyone else out there to to try and help. Well, make sure you across all platforms uh, moving forward on the club website. You'll see it in the mainstream media as well. Hopefully, in the next uh, couple of weeks as well. It's uh, a very good thing that Aaron is doing, and hopefully, it will catch on. You're listening to a United City, the official podcast of the Posh. Now. As regulars to this podcast will know, we like to bring our programme feature, Come Dine With Me, to life. So this week I had a chat with Captain Mark Beavers to find out his ideal guest to a dinner party, what he would cook and what on earth the Cheesecake Factory is. Let's have a listen. I'm here with Mark Beavers. Now, Mark, we're bringing this uh, Come Dine With Me feature to life that's in the programme. We'll start with your location because it confused me greatly, this. You've said Cheesecake Factory. Would you like to explain a little bit there? Well, it's not just a cheesecake. It's actually like an American diner kind of thing. There's one in Dubai and there's one in America. Uh, it's more like a steakhouse, to be honest. They do do cheesecake and they do do the best cheesecakes out there for if anyone wants to go. So I've been a couple of times and uh, I uh, recommend it. Well, let's talk about your meal that you've uh, chosen to prepare in this ideal fantasy scenario. You've gone for, as your starter, buffalo wings. Is that because um, that's an easy thing to do or uh, why, why buffalo wings? It is an easy thing to do because it's always a crowd pleaser, isn't it? Buffalo wings. Like, um, kind of spicy as well. Um, and I do like my meat as well. So it's always a great starter, actually, a buffalo wing. Uh, probably about 10, something like that. That'll do me for a start, a little break, and then I'll go on to my steak. You mentioned spice there, so if we were in a certain uh, restaurant at uh, Portuguese origin, would you go, how spicy would you go? I'm a lemon and herb guy myself, how far would you go? I always go hot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've worked my way up though. I used to be plain medium, then hot. I think very hot's a bit too... Why did you end up progressing through? Were you trying to impress or...? No, I, I think it's just come with age, to be honest. I think I've like, you know, become um, accustomed to... Uh, the you know like the taste of spice so same with the curries as well started off with a coma and then the what am i up to at the minute i've gone back actually i went towards a bolty and then i've gone back to a my dress is that the right way i mean you're asking the wrong you're asking the wrong yeah, person to be honest anyway i like my spice uh, in terms of the main you've gone steak um nice and simple um what in terms of is it medium rare how, how do you how do you have your steak it's medium rare i think anyone that has a steak well done just ruins it Turn it into a seat belt. That's my uh, opinion. You've had it here first. Um, no surprise then with the dessert given your location, cheesecake. Um, is that the go-to dessert? Um, you know what? I'm not really a big dessert guy. I usually fill myself up on the starter and main. A lot of the time I fill myself up on the starter because I get giddy and uh, and then I'm full for my main. But um, I always leave a little bit of room for my main. But dessert, never that interested. 
Um, I mean, you're wrong, but there we go. Um, in terms of your guests, you've started with, uh, I say, teammate, current or former. I don't want to, you know, upset anyone that's currently at the club, so you've gone former. Nicky Weaver. Now, the only thing I can remember about Nicky Weaver is him going mental in that um, uh, playoff game at uh, Wembley, running around like he'd, uh, he'd owned a joint. Is, 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 that, is he a funny guy? What's he like? He's a great guy. Um, I wouldn't tell him in front of him, because obviously his ego just... He's, get massive ego but he's one of them guys that'll just prop up a bar and sink pint after pint and he'll just ruin everyone that walks in um, but yeah that uh, the running around Wembley thing uh, it's not too long since I've seen that actually it's on uh, what's it called Premier League years is it on Sky Sports News he often pops up on there with his long uh, long locks sprinting around uh, Wembley um, I think that's the furthest I've ever seen him run to be honest um, but yeah great guy and uh, I'd be thrilled to have it at my, uh, my diner table uh, you've also gone for Jimmy Bullard, and that already suggests it's going to be a, a wild, wild night. Um, having known Jimmy from his days here at Peterborough, what, what do you like about his personality? He's just like he's bubbly, and he like he's there. He is what he is for everyone to see on Soccer AM, and I've seen him on a couple of nights out before when I was down in Beckenham, um, and I know people that know him well, and. Uh, you know he's he's just that guy and he like this you just have to look at him and he's just one of them guys that you know is going to bring something to the table so that's why um he got his seat um now you've gone in terms of uh musician calvin harris he's had some bangers to be fair well i don't know what i look like on this camera right now but i've actually had people say i look a bit like him um to be honest now you've said it i can see it somebody actually said to me yesterday that i look like petter check without the hat which I, I don't know whether it's a compliment or not. Are you, are you seeing that, or is that just me? I think that's just you, yeah. But I don't know whether it's a compliment or not. I have no idea. Do you reckon he's a good-looking guy? I'm not sure. I mean, he wears a hat, so, I mean, he's uh, covering half of his head, so that's that's a good look for me. Yeah, well, take it how you want. It's up to you. But, but back to Calvin Harris. Um, yeah, I do like him. I like his music, and I've had the comparison as well, so that's why he, he got a seat. Okay, Calvin. Um, uh, movie star, you've gone for Adam Sandler. Funny guy? He's my favourite. But well, to be honest with you, him and Jim Carrey, it was a it was a toss up. I like the Daft ones, um, and all his all his films, are great films, and he's just a fantastic actor, and he deserves to see it as well. Uh, comedian Mickey Flanagan, popular choice. You've, have you seen him live? I've not seen him live. No, um, I would love to. Uh, he, he's a comedian. He's a comedian actually that me and Frank talk about all the time because obviously he speaks like Frank. He's 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 got that Cockney accent, and he, and he just cracks me up to be honest anything that comes out of his mouth it doesn't necessarily have to be funny it's just his accent that comes along with it and it's Frank or is this Mickey uh, well Frank has a good go at like you know doing the impression but uh, yeah Mickey's he's got that strut as well he? That, that daft cockney strut that he does like, I think as a package is, is the best one out there now sporting hero you crossed someone out and uh, I've gone for Manny Pacquiao uh, attempted to spell it three times but yeah Manny Pacquiao um, obviously uh, a boxer with uh, a lot of charisma and um, someone who is uh, very similar to our photographer I was going to say that he took the words out of your mouth he looks like this fella straight in front of me looking down the lens um, great looking fella Joe uh, but yeah he's, um, I'm not sure why I picked him to be honest he must, Joe must have walked through the room and I thought he can have a seat um, and then someone from the dead, you've uh, you've got you've put Churchill. I presume you don't mean the dog off the adverts. You you mean Winston Churchill? Winston, yeah, he's just a hero, isn't he? I mean, the, well, I've I've watched the the film not long since. Dark, uh, what's it called now? Dark. Um, I forgot the film. Mm. People are watching this might know it is, but um, but yeah, I've watched it and it paints him to be a hero. And I think 
I'd not long since watched the film when I actually wrote his name down and it was just at the tip of my tongue and then put him down. So he's a different kind of character what I've got in there, you know, towards your Mickey Flanagan's and your Jimmy Bullard's. But you think he'll crack a few jokes? Or? He don't have to. He can just sit there and be Winston Churchill. Obviously he's not with us, but... Um, in the room either, no? No, no. Uh, but yeah, he's, he deserves a seat. All men, any particular reason? It's alarming that, isn't it? Well, listen, you can pick who you like, but you're not the only one to have gone all men. I think you, I think most have assumed that they want a, t- a, a table full of, you know, proper football banter. I don't know what it was because, I mean, when we actually got the sheet, it was actually difficult to actually pick a table like because you thought it so hard of who to pick. And I just went down the male route and I stuck with it. So they're all on there for a reason. It's not sexist at all. You know, I just went down that route and, and there they are. So that's Captain Mark Beavers with his Come Dine With Me sheet. Aaron McLean is in the studio and was uh, was listening intently to that. Does that sum Mark Beavers up? Yeah, boring. <laughs> it was so boring. And it's the worst table ever. Why, why, I mean, why would you say that's boring? I mean, it's got some, uh, some, some big names. He doesn't even know why he's put most of them on. So it's, it just makes no sense that there's no, there's no direction in that. Okay. And it would be a... There'd be zero conversation at that table. Okay. Um, let's let's talk about Mark Beavers as a person, then, apart aside from his selection there. I mean, obviously, he's club captain, um, brought in during the summer. Um, obviously, you would have played against Mark, I'm sure, during your, your playing times. What, yeah, what, I would have ruined him a few times. <laughs> what, what, what is it about him that makes made him such a good signing, and what makes him captain material? Just his, the way he carries himself, his personality. He's, he is a, a born leader, you know, um, Obviously, I don't know what he was like in his in his younger days, but you just he has a certain presence about him. You know, I, I can't really. You kind of have to see him to to understand what I'm talking about. But just the way if you see him walking down the street, you know that he just looks like a a, a footballer, and he looks he just walks with a presence. And you know, I think and all the lads respect him. You know, because because of the way he carries himself, because of the way he speaks, because of the way he leads on the pitch, he commands respect and, and all the lads respect him for that. So you can see why it's an easy decision to, to make him a captain. So let's talk about the front three, because as, as well as your other duties, I suppose you, you sort of pigeonhole yourself as a striker's coach because obviously you're a former striker and you're working with three really talented players up there. I'm looking at the ones that have been playing regularly. So Maurice, Ivan Tony, Marcus Madison. What is it about those three that makes them so dangerous? What is it about those three? How long we got? Um, not long. So uh, <laughs> if you could wrap it up, that'd be great. Um, they all just bring something different. You know, the, the three of them complement each other so well. And yeah, I think that's, because they all bring something different, but they're all very good at at what they're good at. You know, Ivan's strong, powerful, you know, looks after the ball well, knows where the goal is. Mo, great finisher, the best movement at the club by far, and and knows where the goal is. And Madison is, Madison is Madison. You know, what he can do is, with a ball is, is outstanding. You know, he... I had a chat with him the other day, and I, I just said, with with all the players that I've played with or or seen play, he's definitely he's definitely right up there. And I'm talking at Premier League level, 
you know, he has the ability to go and play as high as he wants. You know, he's if if he if he wants to, he can go and play at the highest level, no question, because his ability is is as good as anything that's out there. Some of the things that he does, if Kevin De Bruyne had done it on a Saturday, it would be on a show reel for for the whole week. So he just needs to keep doing what he's doing, keep playing well, and those three as a as a partnership, they're not as good as the trio that I was in, but they're. They're very good in their own right. Everyone sort of looks at the Holy Trinity that you were part of, you, George Boyd, obviously Craig McHale-Smith at your peak of your powers, and everybody wants to compare and contrast. Obviously, there's no comparison when you've not won anything, um, but there is potential, obviously, for this group that you have at this moment in time to really show that, you know, if they end the season with a promotion medal, then people can start seeing the similarities without taking your title, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. I think, and that's the biggest thing, is you have to win things. You know, when I was in in the trio, the Holy Trinity, whatever you want to call it, we knew that in order for... We, we knew that the, the responsibility we had as, as players, you know, myself, George and Craig had a responsibility that we have to win games. We have to win games for this team. So if you're doing your job consistently week in, week out, which at the moment those three are, if you're doing that, you'll win more than you'll lose. And if you win more than you lose and you win enough, then you get you get a promotion. But you have to be successful. I think any player, anyone who wants to go down in history, in whether it's a Cristiano Ronaldo or or an Aaron McLean at, at Peterborough. I love the it, fact you put them in a sentence. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know. I've snuck that in. Quite so simply, you'd written it down. But in, in, order to, in order to be looked at as, as a great player at at any particular club or at any particular time, you have to win things. And, you know, we knew how to win things and we knew the responsibility we had on us to win things. And I think those those three players that, that we've just mentioned, if they get us a promotion this year, which I, I have no doubt that they will, then, you know, they, they can really be looked at and, and compared to, to some of the great players that this club's had. And they've had plenty. Fantastic. Now, it's time to put Aaron on the spot. No, it's not the killer question. That is still to come. It's a game we've devised called Missing Players. Now, I selected five games that we were going to play this game with, but looking at the time, we could be here all day. So I'm going to, I'm going to sort of condense it a little bit to see if we can do three. Now, your debut, your Peterborough United debut, Grimsby away when you scored your 33rd goal of the season in League Two and your final game in a posh shirt. Now, how this is going to work is I'm going to name this starting lineup and omit three names. And you're going to see if you can pick out who those missing three players are. And we'll start with your debut. So I'm going to name you eight players that played on the day that you made your debut. And let's see how you do. So in goal was Mark Tyler. Mm-hmm. Dean Holden played. Mm-hmm. Guy Branston. Richard Butcher. Danny Crow. Yourself. Jamie Day. And Ben Futcher. So there are three players that I've not named there that played in that starting lineup. One was a defender, and two were midfielders. What do you reckon? I mean, it's a long time ago you made your yes, United debut. Such a long time. And you've played with a lot of players down your career. I feel like but if you think logically. Yeah, but I feel like the way you've said it is even. I mean, you're making excuses already. Yeah. All right. So defender. Yeah. So I'm going to go. Arba. Yes, Mark Harbour was the defender, yes. Yeah? Yeah, I'll give you that. Okay, so what are the other two positions? So you've got two midfielders. 
And so what midfielders have you given you, me at the well, moment? Well, You've given I've, me I've, Richard Butcher. I've given you Richard Butcher. And I you've have. given me... I've given you um, Jamie Day. Um, Jamie I've Day given, was a left-back. Well, it depends what formation you played. You've had Holden, you've had Arbour, you've had Branston, Butcher, Danny Crow. you've had, you've had mm-hmm. yourself, uh, you've had Jamie Day. So you're missing two others. Oh, that's tough. Uh, I'm going to go with... Was Gainey playing? No. No, Peter Gain, good player, but no. No. Um, one came through the academy system. And one... Gasham. Who? Gaitchum. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that, Jimmy Gaitchum. Yeah. yeah, Jimmy. It didn't come through the youth system, but yeah, that's him. Yeah. So one other. Uh, what, uh, so one other that came through the youth system. Yep. If he gets all three, I'm being suspicious that you may have looked at the uh, answers, but I can't wish. see how you would have done that. Um, do you want a clue? I do want a clue, yeah. Fake Australian? Oh, Hookie. Yes. <laughs> Shane Hookie. I can't believe I forgot Hookie. he was a good mate. You were good mate to yeah. Hookie. Yeah, good um, mate to him. I mean, that, that team that obviously you made your debut in was the beginning of Dara's obviously investment mm-hmm. into the football club. And obviously a few of them fell by the wayside. Was, was Danny Crow someone that when you joined, you looked at and thought, wow, this kid's got a bit? Yeah, definitely. Ability-wise, he was, he was brilliant. You know, and I even looked and I thought, how am I going to get in this team? Because this kid's brilliant. And he was always scoring goals. Um, and then, yeah, I think I think that was the Swansea game that, mm. we, that you were talking about there. Um, Did you score? Yeah, I scored. We won one there. First of many. Um, and, yeah, I, I really rated Crowe. I thought he was a brilliant player. And obviously, once the new manager came in, he, he had different ideas, but really enjoyed playing with him. So Grimsby away, now Grimsby away was part of the League Two promotion winning season. It was the day you scored your 33rd goal of the season. Mm-hmm. Remember it well, it was an inflatable yeah, day with the supporters. It. I think yep. the fans crashed through the barriers. So let's give you some names uh, who played on that day. So in goal was Joe Lewis, Chris Westwood played, Micah Hyde, obviously yourself, George Boyd, Dean Keats, Chris Welkdale and Craig McHale-Smith. So you're missing three. All right, so one I know straight away, on, Tommy Williams. Tommy Williams. He's set up. He set up my first goal. He did. So we're going through... So defenders. So, so you, Craig so you, Morgan. Craig Morgan is one. So you're missing just one. I'm missing one midfielder. Charlie Lee? No. No. He was a player who played in numerous positions, actually, um, for the football club. Made a lot of appearances. Um, <sighs> numerous positions. It's a tough one, isn't it? But yeah. actually, when you when you think about it, it it's quite simple. Um, played as a, a right back, as a right wing back, as a winger. Probably created some of your goals, to be fair. Right-sided. Claude? No. You've, but you've said Welps already, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, this, this guy also played in the game. I think he was a taxi driver. Still is a taxi driver, actually. You're going to give up, aren't you? No. You are going to give up. Come on, you can do this. Right. So, did he play in midfield in that in that game? Um, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I'm gonna have to tell you because the podcast can only go on for so long. Yeah, true. Go on. Adam Newton. Oh no! Mm. Big mates with Adam Newton. Weren't yeah, you? I am. Yeah, I, not yeah, anymore. I, yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Okay, last one. Your last appearance for Peterborough United. I'm going to do instead. I think last appearance. Your last ever appearance for Peterborough United. Okay. So the players that played that day. The goalkeeper was Ben Annick. 
Right back was Michael Smith. Left back was Cozzy and Clay. Michael Boswick played. Jack Payne played. You played. Gabby Zakwani played. And David Norris played. So you're looking for three. So one obvious one, obviously. And then you're missing uh, missing a couple of others. So was Craig one? No. <sighs> no, he wasn't. You um, said one obvious one. I did say one obvious one, yeah. Ricardo? No. I mean, you're really making a rock for your Jim, own back here. Yeah. One really obvious one. We talked about him a lot on this show. He didn't retire that long ago. Boydy? No. Oh, wow. Boydy went here. This is... Hold on. No, because you're confusing me now. Stop talking. Your last appearance for Peter United. My last appearance for Peter United. Remember, you came back. Madders. Madders, correct. All right. Marcus Madison is one. Erhan? No. One was a striker, one was a winger. So, striker... Oh, winger. Mm. Oh, um, Guion? No. You actually... Uh, <sighs> go on. Who? I want to say Tails. Which one? Um, John. John, correct. Yeah, John Taylor, yeah. yeah played against him very recently. Um, and then you're looking for a striker. And a striker. Mm. So... The striker would have been... You're saying it's not Craig? I am saying it's not Craig, yes. Because it's not Craig. don't even know what strikers are here then. Oh, um, Nichols? No. I'm, I'm uh, yeah? Oh. Yeah? Who? You went to Hartlepool? Yeah? What's his name? Oh, come on, you got to give me a... You're in a dressing room with I know. Him. Lovely guy. I He's had a, a baby great recently. guy, by yeah. the way. I tried to sign him when I was at Ebbsfleet as well. Rubbish hair. Um, yeah. Two first names. Luke James. There it is. There you there, go. Okay, see? It's harder than you think because you've played with a lot of players. Yeah, right? and do you know what it is? It's when you, you're put on the spot, it's like you're trying, to, you're trying to pluck it and it's there. Yeah, but you just don't get it. Who is the best player you've ever played with? I have interest. I'm going to say Tom Huddleston because mm-hmm. I think... All round, he was he was the best, but pains me to say it. But I'm not at the time. But I'm looking now, and I'm putting Madison up there. Okay, I'm putting Madison up there because I think he's he's definitely definitely got everything it takes. Okay, and and in terms of Huddleston, obviously he played you played with him at Hull, didn't you? Yeah. Um, what well, obviously he's he's a midfielder that everyone looks at and thinks probably should have played more times for England. Is mm-hmm. that fair? Agreed. Why do you think he didn't get the caps that he deserved? I think because of the way he plays um, and the people that the players that were around then, you know, you had the the big ones then, your skulls, your Lampards, Gerrards and stuff. Tom's never been the most mobile of of players, but he's just a, he's a technician, and his passing range was as as good as anyone's. Just played the game. Um, if you compared him to to a Michael Carrick, you'd argue that. Carrick's just as good a passer and probably more mobile. Um, but yeah, for me, unbelievable player. Unbelievable player and and could really carry a team as well. You know, in our promotion, yeah, he, he really carried us. going to say he had to carry you because you're in it. So um, <laughs> you probably needed that. Anyway, um, we're going to move on to the killer question. Now, we've done this with a number of other play- people that have been in the studio on this podcast. Um, and it's been really easy to think of a question. This one was hard. Let's see how you do. It's time for the killer question. 
So, Aaron McLean. Um, now, players these days are obsessed with their FIFA rating. And I know it's not something that you've really got into because, well, let's be honest, you're too old for consoles. Um, but if, <laughs> if 100 is the top mark given for any, any form of that FIFA game, what would your rating be for finishing? For finishing? Mm-hmm. I think they would have given me at least... 87. 87? 80. Mm, I might even go higher. Cut, what? Higher? Because mm. I scored loads of goals. Yeah, but. Not, All right. Not in the Champions League. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, true. All right. I'm going to go 79. 79 modest. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're going to ask FIFA to see if they'll rate you. Um, we did send them an email, actually, and they said, um, who's Aaron McLean? So I don't yeah, know just tell them to check the Rothmans or Sky the Rothmans, or The Rothmans, the <laughs> 1990 That's how old I am. Okay, no. all right, enough of the killer question. We, 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 we thank you for your lack of honesty because um, you went <laughs> high 80s very early <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going back now. I'm sticking with the 80s. Okay, you, you, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> now, before we wrap up the podcast, uh, I want to talk about music because I know music's quite important to you and it is quite important to footballers as a whole because ultimately um, it is often used as a tool to get yourself motivated for games. Obviously, the music that's played in the dressing room can have a real impact on what the performance is going to be like uh, when you step over that white line. So what sort of music are you into? Were you in charge of the music at any of your clubs? And what is the music like in the dressing room right now? Um, music I'm into, I listen to everything. Literally, apart from like heavy metal and so you don't listen to everything. And you said you listen to everything, and then you've. I listen to I listen to most most, music. most genres. Yeah. Um, I've slow jams are my that's my main main favorite. Mm. But yeah, I listen to 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 most genres and for, for yeah, I, in every dressing room I've been in, I've always been a DJ. I just know exactly what what is needed at any any specific time, um, and when I compare it to the music that's played now, they're they're miles off it. You know, I think Madison's in charge of of the music at the moment, and his songs are he'll play a good one every three four songs. Um, most of the lads don't like what he's what he's playing, so it kind of doesn't why, really. Why haven't they told him that? Then? I think it's because he's. He's one of the big players in the dressing room, so he's just taking it upon himself to to be the DJ. And no one, the others are probably just too lazy to um to do it. If he doesn't do it, then someone else has to do it. And unless they're prepared to take the mantle, then they just kind of let him get on with it. But yeah, definitely, I was always the DJ because my my choice of music is is right up there. In terms of films, what's your the this latest films you've been watching? What, what's your what's your go to on Netflix? What, you, what, what helps you relax? Um, I love Denzel Washington films. Um, lately, I've been watching either Denzel or um, Tom Hanks films. I don't know why. Those are the those are the kind of films that I've been watching lately. Some like old classics. I think I'm showing my age a little bit. How old are you now? Forty two, is it? Three? <laughs> thirty-four. Th- are you thirty-four? Really? Wow. Um, I hear congratulations in order actually because uh, there's a new addition to your family. Yes. Yeah, I've just had a little girl, Marley, my first child. So, yeah, life's definitely changed. Did you have um, when you when you picking names? Is, is it? Do you go iconic or is it something that feels natural to you? Yeah, it's just natural. Um, 
had a few names down. Didn't know whether it was going to be a boy or a girl. So in the end, it whittled it down to, to one boy's name, one girl's name. And once she was born, you know, she looked like a Marley. So, yeah. It seems to be something in the water in Peterborough because quite a lot of the players have had babies of late. And, yeah. Uh, and, and now the coaching staff are doing them. Getting yeah, there's well. a lot. What's, in, what's, what's going on? What's... I don't know. I think it's... There must have... Something must have happened at that point. Um, a win, uh, nine probably. months ago. Yeah. <laughs> something must have happened because everyone must have... Must have been a day off. Yeah, it, it must have been something like that because, yeah, there's a lot of us. Obviously, Gordon, when he was here, he had a he had a baby. Then there was Tony, Craig, the sports scientist, Sean's expecting, and then obviously myself as well. So, yeah, there's... There's a lot for, for a short space of time to, to be having babies. So something's definitely happened. Yeah. It'll be interesting to look and see exactly what <laughs> what, did what time yeah, what time it was. We could do like a whole whole series on it, couldn't we? Um right, just to give you um a, l- a little bit of a, a wrap up on the podcast. Um Smith's Toys need to say thank you to them because um they've uh, given us a number of prizes and helped kit out Peter's Burrow at the stadium. You can find out more about that on the club website. Players are going to be in store playing FIFA against uh, um, the local community very, very soon. And make sure you keep checking out the club website for details of what we talked about earlier on with Aaron McLean's um, determination to give back to the, the community at large. So there'll be plenty more information about that across all of our platforms coming soon. But thank you so much, Aaron, for joining us on the podcast. It's been very much appreciated. I hope you've enjoyed listening. We'll be back around about this time next month with our next guest. But for now... Thank you so much and we'll see you soon. You've been listening to a United City. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us at The Posh Official on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Instagram.